Hello, everybody. Welcome to the program, Things My Granddaddy Said. Dave Studdard, your host. Listen, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I don't have a guest in, and that's not because um, I couldn't find one. It's just because I didn't feel like having a guest this week. I got a few things I want to talk about. And uh, sometimes when I, uh, when I have a more opinionated show, uh, it, it tends to occasionally make uh, a guest in the studio here with me a little uncomfortable because some of the opinions that I might uh, put forth uh, may not be uh, necessarily consistent with what their opinions are. And they get in a situation where they feel like they may have to either engage me, which would be great, I wish somebody would, um, or um, it just makes them sort of uncomfortable because uh, perhaps they are uh, they feel one way about a certain issue, and then when um, confronted about it or when they're sort of in a situation where they start having to you know, interact with me talking about it. They don't want to sort of reveal how they really feel about that particular situation because they've got, you know, a group of friends or their social contacts or whoever they run around with thinking that they, you know, are a certain particular way. You know, there's all kinds of folks out there, gang, that are, you know, they're either closeted Trump voters or they or they, they don't like Trump but don't want certain – I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on right now politically and not just about Trump and just a whole myriad of, of issues right now that people are – are being faced with. So, you know, there are several things that I wanted to come on and talk about today that have been bothering me for, uh, some things have been bothering me for a little while, and a couple of things I've just noticed in the last day or two that I kind of want to address. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm seeing now on social media uh, a lot is is this uh, sort of rift between the president and LeBron James. Uh, okay, well, a little backstory. And we're going to talk about this in a minute, this, this school that LeBron James has opened for at-risk youth. I've done a little research about it, and, and I'll talk with, about that in just a minute. But a, as a result of this, uh, this endeavor, this school that he's opened, he's doing a lot of media. I mean, he always does a lot of media, obviously. Um, he's LeBron James, for crying out loud. And, and look, I'm not a basketball fan. Um, I don't follow uh, the NBA. I, I don't watch it. As a matter of fact, it's the longest most boring sports season there is to me, um, except for soccer, which I don't even is not even on my radar. Um, but as far as sports that I, you know, notice, <laughs> see right there is what I mean, folks. If I had somebody on right now, they might want to challenge me on my on my position relevant to uh, to soccer in the United States. Um, at any rate, uh, basketball is not something I follow, but it's hard not to pay attention and follow the goings-ons of a guy like LeBron James because he's everywhere and into all kinds of things. So at any rate, um, as a result of him opening this school in Ohio, he's doing a lot of media. And apparently in uh, an interview he had uh, with somebody, I don't know who, I'm sure it was you know, ESPN or who knows, uh, he was asked about this current situation with the NFL and uh, particularly Colin Kaepernick and what he thought about that whole situation and more particularly about the president weighing in on this NFL situation. And I haven't heard the interview. This is just what I've read. Um, and apparently um, LeBron James made the comment that he feels that the president of the United States, Donald Trump, is using sports to divide the country. And, of course, uh, the president had to respond to that. He couldn't just ignore it and um, continue on with the business of running the country. He has to respond to everything that is said about him or to him or uh, it's defies really um, 
I don't understand it. I, I, I don't. Um, but he took to Twitter, uh, as he does, and uh, sort of blasted LeBron James about this and, and, and sort of activated uh, his social media um, surrogates. And I've been seeing a lot of just nasty, nasty social media posts about why I should be outraged as a Republican and a conservative over LeBron James. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I've missed something. Maybe I'm supposed to be pissed off at LeBron James, and I, don't, I didn't see it. So I did a little research, and the first thing I did was look at this school that, uh, that, that LeBron James has opened. And um, not, a big, not a very complicated thing. I mean, uh, you know, he's got a backstory. Um, you know, for, for those of you that are LeBron James fans, uh, you, you certainly know that he did not have a, uh, an easy upbringing. He was all but orphaned by his natural parents. I think his daddy was in prison. His mother uh, just could not, um, she couldn't care for him. Uh, in the fourth grade, he missed like 83 days of school, and that had a very profound impact upon him. Uh, he had a real rough time of it, and he was a, uh, essentially raised by um, friends. of, of uh, It was a family. Uh, and I think uh, probably fourth or fifth grade he got with those folks. And, and for the first time in his life, he says, that he, he sort of uh, was in an environment where education was, was paramountly important. There was structure in a family. There was, um, there was support for him to, uh, to go to school and, and succeed. And, you know, he credits that, uh, among other things, with, you know, some of the reasons why he is where he is today. So uh, education, particularly when it comes to at-risk youth, is very important to him. And in that, uh, in that context, he has opened a school, and I believe it's in Akron, Ohio. Um, and the school is for uh, at-risk youth. And the school, not it's, I think it's third and fourth graders. It's it's, it's restricted. It's not it's not a P, you know it's not a PK through twelve or anything like that. I think it's uh, I've got it here. Let me see. I got it here somewhere. Let me look. Here it is. Okay, uh, two hundred and forty um, third and fourth graders will make up the inaugural class at the I Promise School, which opened this week in James's hometown of Akron, Ohio. So it's nice that he's doing it in, in the town that he grew up in. Um, and it goes on here. Um, the unusual school is a public school formed in collaboration between James's philanthropic organization and Akron Public Schools. Its out-of-the-box offerings include a long day, uh, eight hours, a support circle for students after lunch, and GED courses and job placement for parents. All are driven by James's mission to help kids overcome what he faced as a low-income student in Akron, Ohio. Um, he, uh, you know, he goes on to say that uh, he, this is something that's extremely important to him, and uh, he feels like uh, he owes it to his community uh, to sort of give back. And now, look, I digress a lot when I do these things, but I've never liked that term, give back. I, I don't think anybody gave anything to LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James is a, is a, is a talented, gifted basketball player, but no doubt he had to work his, his, his ass off. Uh, to get where he is, so as do m most people that are uh, phenomenally successful. So this term "give back," I've never understood it. I'm not—you didn't give me anything to start with. Why do I need to? Why do we have to call it giving back? Now I can certainly say, um, you know, paying it—not even paying it back. I don't even like that. 
just using your talents and your your ability and your riches that you have earned to enrich someone else's life. You know, that's the kind of the way I like to look at it. But again, I'm, I, I digress and I'm sort of getting in the weeds. Um, but at any rate, he wanted to, I'll use his his word, he wanted to pay back uh, into his community. And that, that's what he's doing. And as a result of that, he's been on a media tour and been talking about it. And that's how this dust up got going with the president. And uh, now I'm instructed that LeBron James is somehow some kind of uh, liberal freak show jackass and that I'm supposed to hate him. Well, I don't hate him. Uh, I don't particularly revere him because I'm not a basketball fan. I understand his greatness. I mean, you, you know, you, you constantly hear him now compared to Michael Jordan. I was not a best, big Michael Jordan fan, but I know enough to know that Michael Jordan is probably the greatest player that ever picked up a damn basketball. And LeBron James is being compared and talked about uh, on par with Michael Jordan. So he must be pretty damn good, this uh, LeBron James. So, you know, that, that um, it, 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 I don't hate him at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I admire what he's doing. I don't see the controversy with this. Um, he's using his own money. And, and true, he's collaborating with the school system up there. So there's probably some commingling of some public money. I don't give a damn. Doesn't bother me a bit. Uh, what he's doing for these people up there and for those folks that, that need this kind of intervention and this kind of service is, is laudable. And um, more power to him. God bless him. I'm happy he's doing it. And because the president gets pissed off or upset because LeBron James says that Trump is using sports to divide us, uh, okay, what else you got? That doesn't particularly upset me. Um, and we're going to talk about this NFL thing in a minute. That's another thing I wanted to kind of talk about also. But the LeBron thing was uh, the thing I wanted to talk about first. And, you know, again, I don't see any conduct. I mean, LeBron James is not a guy that you hear about a lot in a negative connotation. He, he, he doesn't beat women. You don't hear about that. He's not in constantly in trouble with the law. I can't recall it a single time. Now, there probably is. Somebody probably going to, you know, email me. I wish someone would email me. TMGSpodcast at gmail.com, everybody. Um, send me an email. Uh, but, you know, someone is probably going to contradict me. So, oh, yeah, he did. He got stopped for uh, uh, back when he was, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a junior in, in high school. He, he got stopped. He had some weed on him, that, that LeBron James. You know, I don't, okay. I've never heard about anything like that. Um, he seems to be a, a, an upright, forthright guy. You know, people are upset about his decisions re- relevant to his basketball. You know, he's left um, Cleveland, I guess, twice now. Ostensibly, this is for good. But, you know, as sort of legacy building, he left this. I promise school uh, in in Ohio. So good for him, good for him. I, I'm 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 just not. It it just falls deaf with me. Everybody, I, I don't I don't see the controversy. I don't see the reason to get upset with LeBron James because he had the temerity to uh, take the president to task on some of the president's more pro- provocative and unnecessary rhetoric relevant to this NFL school or NFL. Uh, situation, which we're going to talk about. As a matter of fact, now, this is apparently another situation that I'm supposed to be outraged about as a Republican as a, and as a conservative. Well, I'm not. I, I don't look. If these guys, if these players come out and want to, they want to kneel, they want to stand, they want to roll over, play dead, I don't give a damn what they do. I don't care. As long as they get on the football field and earn their money. That's the only thing I care about, and that's what their responsibility is. But look, on the other side of the coin, everybody, 
It's a business. The NFL is not the government. The NFL can't suppress anybody's First Amendment rights. The NFL has rules and regulations just like any other business for their employees. And that's what these guys are. They are employees. And the NFL can certainly say, kneel if you want to during the National Anthem, but we're going to punish you for it. We're going to fine you. We're going to, to I don't know, restrict your playing time. They could do anything they wanted to, really. It's a business. You signed a contract with the NFL and its subsidiaries, however all that works. But nonetheless, the NFL can do those things without any kind of uh, threat of, of, uh, of action relevant to suppressing someone's First Amendment rights or any other amendment right, for that matter. But again... It, it, this is such much ado over nothing. And, but here's the, the funny part. Now, you have people on both ends of the spectrum. You've got, you've got these right-wing folks, and now I'm seeing people that are the, the left, left-leaning people uh, that are more aligned with perhaps the Black Lives Matter movement who are also calling for the boycott of the NFL. So you've got right-wing folks and left-wing people calling for the boycott, a boycott of the NFL. That, I mean, <clears throat> y'all need to hush because I, I need to see my football. I mean, you know, it, it, I, I, I might have to be, um, you know, I might have to be uh, uh, inst- institutionalized come uh, fall if I can't watch my damn Monday night football and Thursday night football and then all day Sunday football and Sunday night football. You know, um, it, it's just, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't necessarily get the dust up. Uh, here's another thing that I was thinking about the other day. Why is it, and, and I'm not challenging this, I'm not saying it needs to change, but I'm interested to know, why is it necessary or how did we start playing the national anthem at sporting events? How did that even get started? And what if we stopped? What if we just diffused the entire thing by not playing the national anthem at sporting events. I mean, who would it hurt? Um, I don't know. You know, I'm just talking out loud. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just wondering why, how that got started and uh, what, what it would do if, uh, you know, we stopped doing it. It would certainly defuse this whole kneel or not kneel situation. There'd be no national anthem for you to kneel for or not. You know, it was suggested before I'd heard maybe Jerry Jones, some other owners had suggested keep the players in the locker room until the national anthem is played. Well, you know, okay. Um, that seems childish for, for, for the owners and, and, and the NFL and the players. Um, you know, there, there's just, uh, it's a business, everybody. And, you know, if you want to boycott it, knock yourself out. If you don't want to watch the NFL, if you don't want to buy the products, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to participate, don't. I am. Um, don't hate me because I am, and I won't hate you because you're not. Um, it ain't going to stop no show. I can tell you that the NFL is going to roll on. There's going to be football. There's going to be football. There's going to be playoffs and there's going to be a Super Bowl, And it's going to be the biggest sporting event in the world as it is, uh, and will always be. So there's, uh, you know, there's that, but if it makes you feel good, <clears throat> if it makes you feel good to, to boycott it and not watch it, regardless of what side of the issue you're on, knock yourself out. This is America. You can do that if you want to. You know, no one's going to take your birthday away, I don't guess. So, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's my position on it. I've talked about this before on the show. I, I'm just not 
it doesn't bother me uh, one way or the other. Um, you know, I get it. These guys, you know, for the most part, uh, they they have a, a conscience about this. They have a sort of a, a social awakening about this this you know law enforcement law enforcement involved shootings that that you know that, that those have sort of. Uh, I don't. And I don't know. Well, I do know. It, it, everything evil in the world is media driven. We all know that. Um, the more gas the media throws on something, the more inflamed it becomes. Um, but you haven't seen or heard about as many of these officer-involved shootings um, leading to the deaths of, of young black males uh, or just black males um, that we had been hearing about. Perhaps you know last, not this past summer, but summer before last. Um, but you know, I, I get it. I get it. You know, some of these some of these uh, guys they want to use their their platform to make this statement to get in solidarity with with other folks and the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, I get that. You know, this is this is the United States of America. We're a political bunch of folks, and we express those political views in a very you know in a, in a myriad of different ways. Um, and that's just one of the ways that that uh, that folks do it. I mean, it's no different than. In the uh, what were they the '64 Olympics or perhaps the the '68 Olympics, the, the 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 black athletes on the podium would raise their fist and the black power sign. I mean, oh my God, it was all a you know that was the the, the end of the the end of the world. Uh, but as it turned out, it, it was not the end of the world. Uh, so you know, it, it we we roll on, and you know, <clears throat> at some point, and, and you know, there's there's going to have to be you know some discussion. Uh, you know, and, and I thought, I guess, when Obama was elected, it, it sort of presented the facade that race relations in this country had come to a place where uh, everything was going to be all right. Uh, clearly, that's not the case. Um, there are still a lot of hurtful things that need to be talked about. Um, and, you know, I don't know how that's going to happen, but it, but it needs to happen. It, it has to happen. I mean, we just can't. We just can't tell folks, you know, hey, that was then, this is now, suck it up, forget about it. You know, I mean, I know that a lot of you think that's it's it's as easy as that, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it is, and I don't want to sink into that topic tonight. Uh, I, I will talk about that at some point in the future, and maybe I have a guest on here that, that we can talk about. You know, that, that that's more of a discussion-driven topic. Um, but there are some, you know, there are some real issues relevant to race in this country that still need to be dealt with and talked about in a civilized, rational manner. And that's not happening, uh, unfortunately. So we'll try to get, uh, get, get that topic uh, going for you on, an, on a, on a uh, future show with a, with a guest in here, perhaps, that can talk with me about it. Straws in California, everybody. They're banning straws, not only in California, but there's a movement underway in New York, um, uh, Oregon, uh, and several restaurants and, and, and businesses are banning straws. Um, Walt Disney Incorporated plans to stop using plastic straws and coffee stirrers at all of its locations next year. Starbucks is talking about getting rid of its stirs and anything plastic. McDonald's is toying with a way to try to do away with plastic straws. What is going on out there, everybody? You know, <clears throat> plastic straws, while yes, there are a lot of them out there, the statistic is that 
500,000 a day get get discarded. And it might even be higher. Maybe it's 5 million a day. I don't know. A lot of straws are out there, plastic straws. But here's the reality. And the, this movement ostensibly is started because uh, these things are ending up in the oceans and they're, they're endangering uh, aquatic life. No, that is simply not true. The majority of, pl- of all plastic that is discarded in this country end up in landfills, incinerators, and the like. They don't get dumped in the ocean. Let me tell you who's putting plastic in the ocean. It's not the United States. It's other countries. It's China. It's third world. It's other countries. That's who are polluting the oceans with plastic um, with, with impunity. It's not the United States. But again, the United States is going to take it on the chin. You know, the, the, the do-gooders doing, uh, doing their thing in these, these, <clears throat> these, you know, for the most part, liberal states are going to ban straws and impose criminal penalties for, for using a, God, a, a straw. Can you imagine? And it, it's just a, it's another example of creating a problem where there is no problem. It's the stupidest damn thing I've ever seen. I mean, wh- why stop at straws? How about plastic drink lids? Where are those ending? Where are those going? How are those different than straws? I mean, are the, are the, are the, the straws, um, what, what particular damage do the straws do when they get in the ocean? Do they go, I mean, do, you, do, the, do they, uh, are they inadvertently rectally uh, lodged in a fish and they can't defecate? I mean, what, what's the, I clean that up for you, everybody. I'm just here to tell you. I thought about saying it the other way, but I mean, I don't, I don't get, what is it about the straws that's so dangerous that's different from plastic cups or plastic, uh, you know, these six pack drink uh, things that bundle up, you know, drinks, uh, uh, cans. Now I have for years and it's probably stupid and unnecessary, but I have for years whenever I have a six pack of a uh, soda, you understand? And, and it's over. I'll take a, a, a scissors and I'll cut out the loops and all those things because I was told years ago when I was a kid that these things end up in the ocean and fish get stuck in them and, and other an- uh, sea animals get tangled up in these things and it's dangerous. So I, I cut them up and I still do to this day. Not because I believe they're ending up in the oceans, but just you know, I was told that as a kid, and I still do it. I, I don't feel, I don't feel right <laughs> if I don't do it. But <clears throat> I mean, the the straw thing it baffles me. I, I don't understand uh, the the rational uh, sort of reasoning behind this. Um, you know, if McDonald's wants to stop using straws, it's their business. If Starbucks wants to stop using straws, it's their business. But when uh, a municipality uh, or state government decides they're going to impose criminal penalties on some penalties on someone who possesses a straw gang we have we are as uh, uh leo carroll said we are through the looking glass everybody i mean you know <clears throat> unbelievable unbelievable um because again wh- where wh- where do you sort of draw the line um or do you, or is there a line i mean i'm beginning to think in modern day america Regardless of what you're talking about or what initiative you're, there is no line. There, there are no lines anymore. Um, the wackier, the most, the most ridiculous, uh, outlandish ideas, all in the name of either save the environment, save the children, um, or save, you know, fill in the blanks. There's several other blanks. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's, it's, uh, it, it, you know, there are people that are going to entertain this, and, and apparently. 
this straw thing is being entertained uh, nationally and, and by reputable, gigantic corporations. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, you know, and what's wrong with paper straws? I mean, if you go to a Ted's Montana Grill, you get a paper straw. Um, biodegradable. What's what's the problem with that? Can't we go to can we go to paper straws, or would it just cost too damn much money for McDonald's to convert to paper straws? I don't know. Um, and what are you going to do with a to-go drink? If you want to drink it in the car, if you want to drink it on your bicycle, if you want to drink it on your, you know, wa- drink it walking, you got to take the lid off now and slosh it all over the place. You know, it's just it's just more nanny state nonsense. It's just it's just nonsense. Um, you know, it makes certain people feel good about themselves. Uh, you know, look what we're doing. We're saving the planet. No, you're not. You're just inconveniencing millions of people. That, that's really all you're doing. Uh, but, I mean, I guess if it happens and take hold, um, we're, we're a resilient bunch of people, us Americans. I guess we'll, we'll get used to it, and, you know, some, uh, some bright entrepreneur may, inventor may come along and figure out another way to extract liquid from a cup without uh, having to slurp it uh, like a caveman. So it's interesting. We'll see. And I'm, I'm sure there's other stuff about this I wanted to mention, and I'm, I'm just not thinking about it but again if you've got if you got uh if you've got um ideas about that or you want you've got comments about that send me a send me an email i'd love to read it uh and just just this uh this this little statistic i'm looking at right here eight about eight million metric tons of discarded plastic ends up in the ocean every year where accumulate where it accumulates with plastic previously Discarded. Well, the bad news, well, not, not bad news, the good news is the majority of that is being, being put in the ocean, not by the United States, by other, other countries who, uh, who could care less about uh, taming and protecting the environment. So there's that. Here's the one that's going to get me in trouble, folks. This is the one that's going to get me sideways with people. Let me preface this whole thing now by saying I have... Um, I can't count the number of friends that I have that are either currently in law enforcement or formerly in law enforcement. I mean, if you listen to this program or if you know me, you know that I'm a retired Atlanta police officer. Um, I was down there for many years. I made a lot of friends there. I've worked as a prosecutor uh, in Fulton, in, in, in Atlanta and uh, in other places. And I've made friends with those agencies that were, uh, that were in those counties that I worked in. So I have a lot of friends that are in law enforcement, and I have a lot of friends who have involved themselves in what I'm about to talk about. And what I'm about to talk about is this 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 social media. Uh, I don't want to call it a phenomenon, but it, it's it's prolific. This law enforcement lip sync challenge, the law enforcement lip sync challenge. And for those of you that have been living under a rock, let me tell you what this is. Uh, law enforcement agencies will challenge each other to do this law enforcement lip sync thing. And essentially, it's just, you know, folks on that particular department um, getting um, sort of a piece of music together, they, they some popular song or something, and they put on a skit or they lip sync to it. And as they're doing it, they sort of highlight uh, the department, the equipment, the people, and you know it's it's a novelty it, it, it's novel to see you know maybe chiefs of police or or uh, sheriffs uh, you know acting in a manner that they would not normally 
you would not normally see them acting like, you know, singing and dancing and cavorting around and just acting generally silly. Um, you know, I, I just don't get it, y'all. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get, first of all, who asked for this? That's the first question. Who asked for this? Um, how did this start? And what was the reason? If this is some uh, effort in an ongoing effort uh, to ingratiate yourself with with you know some of your critics um, uh, to to more of a you know public outreach, um, stop. Just stop it with these things. It, there, I've never ever been a fan of community based policing. I've always thought it was a waste of time. There are certain community initiatives that work and have always worked. POW, for example, the Police Athletic League, that's a big one. Now, I don't know if every agency has that. I mean, I think bigger agencies are, are, have the resources to do that. Atlanta had a very robust POW program. Most inner city, big inner city police departments have it. But, you know, you take underserved children and you expose them to, to boxing, to football, to baseball, to skating, to, to all types of sports, and it provides mentors um, shop with a cop. That's a good thing. You know, a lot of most agencies still do that. That's a that's a fun thing. That's a good thing. It uh, it, it you know it it does what you want want it to do relevant to uh, a, a public relations uh, effort. Um, you know, there are there are a couple other things that that happen um, throughout the year that certain departments do that are geared towards their public relations uh, effort. This lip sync challenge, though, to me, if this is a recruitment tool, um, I, again, I don't get it. I, I don't. Th- this is not something that would that would draw me towards a particular police department. Seeing a bunch of guys and girls uh, dancing up and down the hallway and, and singing their way through, um, you know, some poppy, you know, hit song. I, no, no. Um, and, you know, like, like everything, these things are, um, you know, even in the context of, 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 of the production value of these things, and even though I don't, I'm not a fan of these things, there are some that are, you know, have, have some production value, and they're, you know, they're, they're okay, and then there are some that are just downright just cringy. And when you watch it, and you're just, you just want to ugh, look away and, you, or reach into the screen and stop them, just stop. Stop doing this. This is ridiculous, you know. Um, so they're, they run the gambit, you know, back and forth across the spectrum of, of what's, you know, what's okay. And then some that are just downright horrible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old school, y'all. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, how, about, how about you challenge one another to uh, do the best job you can do to protect one, of you, one another in an eight-hour shift? How about you challenge one another to get out there and take it to the bad guys night in and night out, day in and day out, and guarantee to one of each other you're going to all come home alive? How about we start guaranteeing and challenging everyone to do those things? Uh, or, or challenge that you're going to go out on your beat and find somebody who is at risk, maybe a, a kid or you know, a family who needs a, a, hand, a, hand, or a helping hand, and organizing some effort to do that individually. You know, this this. This lip sync thing, you know, to the extent that it's that it's supposed to ingratiate you to the community, I guess that's the purpose. Um, it just makes you look silly. I'm sorry, it just looks silly to me. Um, there's, it, it'd be one thing to if you want to put together a recruitment video 
that's a different matter. You put together a recruitment video, you have professionals come in and you do it, and you show it to people that you're trying to recruit to your department. You know, you take it to colleges, perhaps trade schools, high schools. Uh, you let those people see it, or you put it on social media, I guess. Um, but you, you think you want to target that a little bit. But this this lip sync challenge, it, it's just uh, it, it just seems silly to me. And, and I know I'm not the only uh, former or current law enforcement officer out there who thinks this. I see some other guys and girls on on uh, on uh, social media that are also sort of questioning this thing. I mean, I, and I know that, that those of y'all that are, have participated in it, you know, I'm not I'm not knocking you. I mean, I know you had fun doing it, and uh, you know, great. Um, but as a as a strategy and as a policy initiative, I think it's 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 it sends the wrong message. It does not send the message y'all think it sends. And when I say y'all, I'm talking about administrators, you know, chiefs of police, sheriffs. This is not sending the message you think it's sending. It's making your people look soft, look silly, look comical, like cartoon characters. You think it's humanizing them and making them uh, more palatable and perhaps uh, showing their human side. Well, maybe it is doing those things, but is that really what you want to be doing? Is that really what you want to be doing in the community? I would think what folks are looking for is a police force they can trust, who they are relatively confident will, will help them when they need help, and will do their best to protect them when they need to be protected. That's what folks are looking for from police departments and sheriff's departments across this country, not for hijinks and shenanigans. I mean, that's just my take on it. And uh, if that upsets you, then, you know, tmgspodcast at gmail.com, everybody. Let me let me know about it. Um, you know, and again, for you folks that are involved in these things, that have, that have acted in them and saying, hey, you know, it's fine. Uh, I, I, again, I don't... I'm not mad at anybody about it. I'm just telling you that um, I'll be glad when it plays out. I, I believe it's beginning to wane a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I think it got started with these car videos. It, it some seems like uh, to me that several months ago they, they started off like maybe two people in a car. And they would do this James Carden. I think that's that guy's name that did the lip sync. He does the in the car lip sync with like another star or a singer. I mean, it kind of it was a parody of that kind. You get two officers in a car and they'd lip sync some song. And then it then it just sort of blew up into this this huge production where you've got I mean I've seen some of these things where they have you know 50 60 100 officers participating in this. You know and obviously all this is sanctioned by the department it's all it's all department issued equipment people are on the on the clock doing this it's with their own uniforms I mean it's you know so it's not like a group of of creative you know officers got together and and, and funded this and did it this is tax dollars supporting this so uh i can't be the only one that uh, that, wa- that wants to throw a wet blanket on this and be all crumudgeon about it but uh i, I felt like I-, I wanted to to say that and and uh, you know i won't say anything else about it uh i'll just be happy when it sort of uh, goes away and uh, uh dies uh, eventually is all sort of fad you know flash in the pan facebook Social social media nonsense does, and then you've got this other ridiculous thing that's going around on social media. This I, I, Kiki Dance Challenge is that what this thing is called? You know, I started seeing this thing. Um, first of all, I would just see people doing this choreographed dance. People that I know. I mean, I know some lawyers that are doing this thing. 
like grown men, you know, in their fifties and sixties doing this, this kicky, do you love me or whatever it is dance. Um, and then, and then all of a sudden I see these things where people are jumping out of their car and and I I guess someone is sitting in the car filming them as they walk alongside their car and do this dance. Well, Again, there's all this social media outrage over it, you know, talking about what a bunch of idiots these people are. are yeah, probably. But, you know, most, most people that I see doing this are, you know, either teenage drivers all the way up to, you know, 30-somethings. I mean, you, you expect that age demographic to engage in this kind of sort of, you know, phone booth stuffing, telephone pole sitting on top of fad nonsense. I mean, this is just the, the latest thing uh, in the social media age. It's dangerous as hell. I mean, if this is really what's happening, I mean, who's to say that, that they haven't got it set up or someone's actually driving the car and it just made to look like the person has abandoned the wheel and they're, you know, scooting down the sidewalk, making their little heart signs and shaking their hips and however else the, the dance goes. Um, you know, and I've seen some that are I think genuinely they're, they're they're real. Where someone you know will will back into a phone pole or the the car will run up on the sidewalk and no one is really hurt. And then there's some of these more horrific ones that are clearly fakes. Where you know there's one that shows this girl and she's outside her car dancing and doing this thing, and a speeding car comes by and just and obliterates her. Um, but I th- that that's fake. Then that's there's some a lot of this fake stuff out there. Um, so, and that's another, let me, let me, while I'm got you, let me just say this, uh, I I'm so sick of Facebook, particularly, uh, stories that are so clearly false and fabricated that are shared and shared as if they are the truth. And people comment on them as if they're the truth, just the most ridiculous, ridiculous things that, 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 that you, even the most in, uh, you know, casual observer would know is not true is not true hillary clinton heads a pedophile ring my really you know you'll see that banged all over the place you know there was one today uh um uh what uh you know the 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 actor that has uh, parkinson's now michael j fox for uh, like 30 minutes on Facebook, it was blowing up. Michael J. Fox dies from complications related to his Parkinson's disease. No, that was not true. That it was just it was a false uh, story that was put in by some probably the Russians. I don't know, but you know it's just amazing to me how people will see this stuff on on social media and share it without the slightest mod- the slightest effort to verify. And it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. You can do a, a legitimate search. Go to go to CNN. Go to Fox. Go to go to one of the mainstream media sites and put it in, and, and it, it will tell you. Or go to Wikipedia. For example, if there's a celebrity, if you saw today uh, <clears throat> William Jefferson Clinton dead at age seventy three, go to Wikipedia. And for one thing, that'd be all over everything. But but if it wasn't, you wanted to verify, go to Wikipedia, and it, it will tell you immediately. You know these people have these famous people have their have their their um, obituaries ready to go right now. I guarantee you, William Jefferson Clinton, um, Michael J. Fox, and, and any number of celebrities and, and high profile people, these media outlets have obituaries for them right now, ready to go the minute they find out legitimately that, that someone has passed. So uh, it's just it's maddening to me. It's absolutely maddening.
So, you know, I kind of digress from the, the <laughs> do you love me dance thing. Um, but that, that, that kiki dance challenge thing, that's another one. That's just, I'll be glad when that, when that dies and goes the way of the dodo, as it will eventually. All right, everybody. Well, look, just wanted to uh, come on and rant and rave for a little while. I hadn't done that in a while. Um, got plenty of other things I could talk about. But I don't want to go. Um, I don't want to go too long. Um, keep it simple. Keep it short. I'll have a guest in here next week. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but um, I'll uh, I'll get somebody in here, someone interesting and entertaining, and uh, we'll be back uh, on uh, Tuesday as always with with more stuff. Listen, if you have uh, ideas for show topics, if you want to be on the show, um, just drop me a line tmgspodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, let me know what you want me to talk about. Let me know who you want me to get in here or if you want to be a guest. And if you just want to rant and rave, send me an email. Let me know what you think about today's show. What do you think about my positions on some of these issues? Do you want to take me to task? I don't care. Send me something. Let me know you're out there. Um, <clears throat> as always, ladies and gentlemen, the, the episodes drop every Tuesday available on iTunes in your news feed. Uh, and at my Buzzsprout site, and that link is posted. Um, every time I, I post this, uh, this uh, podcast notice that Buzzsprout link is in there. Uh, just click on that, and it'll take you to this episode and all the uh, past episodes and archived episodes. So, uh, hope you uh, will join us next Tuesday. And until then, it's been great talking with you, and I will uh, speak with you again very soon. <laughs>